Hello everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking about some of the most recent news in the theme park industry here in the UK. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some of the new events in the Merlin Parks, like the bigger parks like Thorpe Park and Alton Towers. We've recently got some exciting new events and we're going to be talking about our opinions on what's going to be involved in those. Also we're going to touch really quickly on the future of Lightwater Valley. They've recently come up with a brand new logo with a new out of nowhere purple dragon mascot so we'll be discussing that and what that could mean for the future of the park and also this weekend just gone we had the theme parks finally open this year and uh, Mikey who will be joining us again from Scaretrack actually went to the opening weekend of Blackpool and in between all of the alcohol he seemed to have consumed he might be able to give us a good opinion on the first actual opening weekend of a theme park Brilliant, thank you, Brett. And uh, yeah, I think I'm not sure if Mikey saw a bit too much of the Velvet Coaster to remember what happened at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. But Mikey, yeah. uh, how how are you feeling after your weekend at Blackpool Pleasure Beach? You know what? Now, when you're in your thirties, hangovers last a week. Um, so it, it was good, and I remember all of it. And um, I've made my apologies to people. So, um, no, I'm not joking. It was great. It was good. It was great to be back. But yeah, I was in the Velvet Coaster more than I was probably riding any other roller coasters. Does it still count? It's called a coaster. It's. Uh, it I mean, if you go in the lift, is it a cred? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I, I mean, it's not a cred, but it, it could but, be classed but, as a ride. It's an it's a in, interactive dark ride. You can wave to drunks as you go down. <laughs> so let's get on to our first piece of news. Um, recently, Merlin have been releasing lots of new little events that are going on in the theme parks. Most notably, Alton Towers released a video that was going through all the different events that they'll be having. Coming back this year will be uh, the Mardi Gras event, also uh, the October Fest event. And then right at the end of this video, quite interestingly, there was a brand new Scarefest logo. It was very similar to the old logo incorporating the the uh, the newer modern 3D style logo that we've seen recently. So the most interesting part of this was it actually said 15 years of Scarefest on a flag at the top. They have then said on their website recently that there will be one new scare attraction this year as well. So do we think that this might be quite a an exciting year for Scarefest this year? Uh, they need a new maze, don't they? Let's be honest. Alton Towers, uh, a brand new scare maze, I think, is is needed. Um, if, if all fell just a little bit flat for me last year. So um, I still enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, but a brand new scare maze, that is, that's exciting. That's what we need. Um, yeah, does it say, so it said 15 years, did it say on the on the logo? It does, yeah. 15 years of Scarefest, I think, on a flag on the top there. Have they got their dates right? Because I'm, I'm sure it's, was it 2006, their first year? Do they class other days? You are, yeah. I now you've said that out loud. I've just realised that fifteen years doesn't sound right in my head. I'm, I'm not too sure their dates are like. I mean, they, they might be. We need to. We should have researched it before we came on. But um, um, I need to have a look into that. Cause I'm not a hundred percent. Halloween sure celebrates fifteen years of Scarefest this year. That's on well, their website. Did um, 
did it happen in 2020? Because are they just counting how many events have been, not necessarily how many years well, has been? No, they did. Yeah, they had the event in 2020. There were one of maybe only eight or nine places in the UK that opened, but Towers uh, Towers still opened in 2020 for Scarefest. Right. I just, do you know what? I, I don't know why, but it's just going complete. And actually, I think I was there. So <laughs> so I think I was, yeah. It was actually, that I, memorable. <laughs> it was that memorable. Well, do you know what? It, it was Sam. It was Sam running around the toxic junkyard. It, it, just, yeah. it, it just ruined it for me, you know. Yeah, I I think they 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 definitely shouldn't have won best scare attraction that year, um, which I believe they did. Am I right? Am, or or is did they? Was 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 it was it? Or have I made that up? I may have they, may have. They might have to be fair. They definitely um, won remember. an award that year. Whether it was best theming, potentially they won an award because I remember saying to Sam that I I think they should, and I know they definitely did. But uh, I have to double check that one again. I'm sure they wow. they won a award. That opening uh, year. Best set and design, Toxic Junkyard, Orton Towers. There you go. There you go. Not best maze, best set and design. If you want best set and design, get all your secondhand junk out of the loft, paint it UV, and bish bash bosh, there you go. Actually, I really liked Toxic Junkyard in its first year. I wasn't a fan of the second year, but its first year was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, to be fair. I think... I, I don't tell Sam this, but <laughs> I'm not sure it was my favourite... At Alton Towers that year, I think actually, I think I enjoyed the Alton Mind Tours better, I think. I think there was more comedy moments, I think, in there, which I always enjoy comedy moments, I guess. You know, a lot of people go to scare mazes because they want to get scared. I, I enjoy the comedy moments. So, <laughs> so I'm not sure we had that many on the Toxic Junkyard. And also I did say on the Toxic Junkyard it would have been a bit better if um, I thought the first third of it was a bit like you're kind of wandering around by yourself and you didn't really see anybody then it did kind of escalate uh, as it went on and I think they would have benefited from it being a bit more cohesive I guess but I really enjoyed it um, but I thought all the mazes were pretty good that year um, I think um, I did say the attic I thought it was spoiled a little bit by the queue being in the same place where the people leaving the maze were coming out as well so i thought it was a little bit anticlimactic because you saw the people coming out and i always think the point of a scare maze is you don't want to see the people coming out because i think it it helps to heighten the anticipation like oh there's there's people going in but are they coming out i don't know like and you go and your mind's just going well no surely they're coming out but what if they're not what if they're not coming out so i thought it just kind of ruined that a little bit i don't know if i'm I'm alone with that but <laughs> that's just me i think if if they're coming out of a maze it's only good if they're really coming out of it going like a bit like the end of asylum when people literally just ran out if you with um with the attic you have your finale and then you got to walk down a million flights of stairs. So really you're just walking out knackered uh, yeah. as opposed to having the adrenaline. So I feel that, um, which we've totally sidebarred again. I do apologize. But um, <laughs> if you're coming out of a maze and it's all a little lackluster, you don't want that. But if you want people coming out of the maze and sharing how awesome it was, then you want, you want to be able to see them. 
Yeah, and that's and that's what the problem was. They'd, they'd walked so far that by the time they got to where the queue was, um, you know, just before you got to the batch, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that, that were all right, yeah. So it just kind of just ruined it a little bit. I don't know if they need to put in, like, a, a black polytunnel or something, you know, for people to come out of or, or what, but they need to try and do something because I, I just found it so annoying. I don't, I don't know why, like, I, I couldn't really fault... The ex- well, I could fault some of the experience a little bit, but not really. I think the, the main thing that I faulted was the logistics of what they did with the attic with people coming out. So, But anyway, what do I know? I mean, I haven't designed a scare maze before, so you know, maybe Brett can tell me that I'm, uh, I'm totally out of order, maybe. The only thing that makes you out of order is that we've just spoke for three minutes about how people exit a scare attraction in our news segment. That's true. <laughs> Carry on, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, those are all very valid points. Uh, But moving on, today, as of the day of recording of this podcast, uh, Alton Towers announced a new, completely out of the blue event called the Festival of Thrills. Now, again, with the logo, this was an adapted new version of this this new logo that we've seen over the last year or two. And uh, what Alton Towers have said is that actually, as well as having all of the, the major rides open... These attractions will have some sort of live music involved with them. Whether that means that there's going to be uh, stages with bands on uh, in the set areas like in X Sector and Dark Forest, Forbidden Valley. Whether these rides are going to individually have a band playing somewhere in the queue line and and they're relevant to the ride in some way. uh, We don't know yet, but, but they have said that there's a going to be live bands playing around from, let me just double check the dates. I should have wrote this down. Ah, got it. From the 4th of April to the 6th of May. So that's actually nearly a whole month of an event where they're going to be having live bands on around all the rides. What are our thoughts on this? Um, I'm all for new events and, and whatnot. I think it's great. Like, I mean, if you look around the world and the uh, and the us uh, th- their theme parks run on you know seasonal events so and other than you know or uh, scare fest at Orton towers there's really nothing throughout the rest of the year so i'm really glad there's more um i'm intrigued you know all we really know is live music around and you know i like live music so it, hopefully it's good and it's different and it's fun um I like the fact that for all these events, there's no upcharge or anything as such. It's literally just there extra for your day. But if you're comparing it to other events they've done in the past, I'm just concerned that if you go on a off-peak day, you're going to get the event, the diet, the diet coke version of the event, rather than the actual slap bang thing. You know, I think Oktoberfest not so much, and. Um, and um scarefest that they were sort of okay but things like mardi gras you could tell it was so much watered down throughout the weekdays as opposed to the weekend so uh and it, and it i think it really affected the actual event so i'm hoping the new one this new event that they just keep they keep it awesome throughout the whole time that's all i want well me and ryan were discussing this before we went on air uh and we were trying to work out if you put live bands in say just the three to four main areas of the park. Say you had a stage on in Forbidden Valley, X Sector, Mutiny Bay, and Dark Forest. You're going to want to have live music on for a considerable amount of the day, even if it's maybe just half the day. Bands maybe don't have 
a significant enough set list to be able to fill a whole four, five hours worth of music. So would there be multiple bands? If there are multiple bands or multiple stages, will we see timed segments? But also, how many bands is this going to take to actually fill? And, and bands are more expensive than your Alton Towers Ents team. You know, that's not me being nasty. They, they just are. It's just they come at a premium. Yeah, exactly. So we, we are trying to work it out a little bit. I guess only time will tell. But yeah, there's going to have to be a lot of live music and a lot of bands. This could turn out to be a very expensive event on Alton Towers' part. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive because, you know, having some experience in, in booking bands, putting on events and shows and things, you know, sometimes what would happen is you, you'd have a headliner um, and then what you might ask for is, you know, some local bands to come in. And sometimes you'd probably just cover, you know, their petrol and, and a few drinks or something. So maybe there's an opportunity for Alton Towers to, to go out there and, you know, into the Stoke and Nottingham and Derby area and say, are you a live band? Are you any good? Send us your latest MP3s, <laughs> whatever. You know, and, and it could be reasonably inexpensive. The only problem is when you're doing that, you're taking a bit of a chance because you're potentially taking on bands who have limited live experience and, you know, something could potentially go wrong you know one of them might not play ball you know but also sorry button it but without trying to sound all nerdy and and whatnot um Alton Alton Towers will more than likely go through an agent because then it's the agents um it's up to them to make sure that the band pay things like their taxes correctly and things mm. like that all the boring stuff like so i know a lot of um chained pubs in the uk they'll only ever get bands through certain agents and i'm yeah. guessing towers because of the you know how you know their how high their profile is they'll do something similar very boring i know but that's a potential potential hurdle yeah and and agents obviously have to take their cut so they would have to obviously have to pay the bands i mean even if you do go through an agent i mean i've gone through agents and booked bands and paid as little as you know like a hundred pounds so it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive if you go through agents but usually if you're going through an agent and you're paying a hundred pounds the, the the agent probably only has you know a certain number of bands that would be available so you'd have to go through a number of agents so if you went through a big booking agent you're probably gonna be paying a lot more than that so I don't know, just going to have to wait and see. But, you know, the saying live music, so in, in my mind, live music is... I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be bands, I suppose. You know, they could have someone singing, you know, operatic music around air or something, you know. Um, hear uh, me out, hear me out. Just just, just because, you know, Alton Towers always listen to what we do and say on this podcast. And then and normally they implement it. So thank you, Alton Towers, for listening. But um, <laughs> can you imagine? Hear me out. There's an orchestral piece playing the Nemesis theme in Forbidden Valley. Sold. I mean, right? Okay. It would be pretty cool. That would be amazing. However, the the Nemesis theme track isn't actually um, any orchestral stuff at all. It sounds like it, but it's all synthesized. In fairness, it would be pretty cool. Just going on from that, if each area did have a different theme of music, like. Could you imagine, um, I don't know, in the Mutiny Bay area, just being proper pop punk with pirates? And then, you know, you could have your orchestra next to Nemesis. Um, 
Oblivion could be hard rock. Do you know what I mean? It, it it could be cool and different. I don't know what they're gonna do, but you know that I think I think our ideas are better now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that does go to say, actually, DJs and stuff could be filling in between these live bands and stuff. So that could be quite an easy way of filling in that space between having a whole day's worth of music. Yeah, I, w- I would say that that probably makes sense, and that's probably what will happen. It'll probably be, you know, a DJ whoever. Um, and a few live bands probably spread throughout the day, you know, maybe on, you know, maybe they'll have like four bands each day or something and then it'll be a DJ set in between. But I don't know. It sounds, sounds interesting. It sounds, but I mean, how loud can it be as well? That's, that's the other thing. Um, you know, it might actually be, it could potentially be quite annoying for some people (laughs) if it's, if it's really loud all the time. So that's something they're going to have to be careful with as well. But let's see, let's, uh, See what happens. Uh, it's not far away, is it? We're only talking about a month away now, aren't we? So in other Merlin event news, Thought Park released all of this year's events as well. Um, there wasn't as big of a change, so I don't think we need to touch on it as much. Uh, there's a usual Fright Nights. Uh, the Oktoberfest is coming back as well as the Mardi Gras. There hasn't been any significant announcement with those, really. However, there was a new event announced alongside them all called Carnival. Now, this is a, a new logo with the kind of infinity sign in the background. Uh, It appears to be a sort of circus kind of event, sort of a carnival theme. So they have stated on their website that there'll be a new stage show and stuff like that to go along with it. So what do we think about that? I know some people's opinions of the Thought Park events haven't been amazing, but they have seemed to nail Fright Nights recently. So uh, it'll be exciting to see what they do with it. Yeah, um, it's again. It's only cool that there's more events happening. Um, Thought Park have never done a uh, Mardi Gras event either yet, so that's new for them this year. Sorry, my um, bad. I didn't yeah, realize it, they hadn't had one. So Orton Towers did for the first year last year, um, and then this year there was a, a a survey that went out that actually asked people, "Would you prefer a carnival style event or a, a Mardi Gras event?" And we're getting both. So, so we, that survey went fifty fifty down the middle then. Basically, yeah, that was that was just like Brexit, basically. Um so <laughs> Wait, yeah, wait, wait, does I that mean, not mean that fifty percent of people get forced to just have carnival? Make more sense. Let's it, yeah. not get into this. <laughs> Don't yeah, if you voted out shut up. No, I'm joking. Um right, let's not get too political. But um so yeah, um it's intriguing, it's cool, it's exciting. I mean, like I said earlier, I like the fact that places are uh, having more events um again i do know that thought park very much go um lots of staff heavy peak times and very little off peak times and i understand that i've said this on the last episode i understand that when it comes to uh, an operation side of things but when i think it's an entertainment side when it's a, a you know you're going there for Oktoberfest, you're going there for Mardi Gras. I don't think that you should be given a watered down version of it. Um, but I understand why there'll be less people on the stealth um, queue and things like that. You know, so um, so yeah, I'm hoping that um, Thought Park and the gods above that give them the budget uh, aren't too strict on that. And I kind of hope they just pull it out because Thought without trying to be nasty over the last i just don't i just don't feel that they can hit the nail on the head every time you know i feel like if i, I could only go to one i'd definitely go to towers or oktoberfest i'd probably go to blackpool pleasure beach you know so um but more events could only mean more fun hopefully fingers crossed yeah i, I think 
like you said, the, the more we see at these parks, the better. Uh, the, it definitely has kind of weaned in recent years. You know, things have gotten a little bit lacklustre in, in a lot of Merlin parks, really. So it's really nice to see they're at least putting some effort into, you know, mix things up a little bit. We're seeing really early closing times, which, fingers crossed, with some of these events, we see later opening times again. So it can only be a plus in the long run anyway. But moving on, I really want to touch on quickly Lightwater Valley's new logo. Now, if anyone at home hasn't seen this, it's a, it's a, a fairly generic Lightwater Valley-looking logo. However, there's just some out-of-nowhere purple dragon cartoon in the logo. Um, this is suggesting that they have essentially completely gotten rid of all any roller coasters or anything slightly more extreme um so is this the end of the ultima is is this basically the last nail in the coffin do we think um yeah and it technically it's ebor the dragon apparently <laughs> i don't know why i don't know where that name's come from um yeah unfortunately looking at the logo um it looks like they've gone the whole hog on the family market now. Um, I mean, it looks like a reasonably fun uh, mascot, I guess, because they had like um, the Dever Dragon or a, it was like a crocodile thing before. <laughs> before. I can't quite remember uh, what it was meant to be. But yeah, I mean, I understand it in some way because, you know, they're, they're literally almost on the doorstep of Flamingoland. So their options are either we become you know, an, a more adult frill park, you know, which is probably not going to happen because you need significant investment. Also, they need a bit more land than what they have, and it's a little bit awkward the way that it's, it sort of is set out. Or they go for this kind of really young family market because Flamingoland kind of straddles the family market with the frill market. So Lightwater Valley are kind of almost forced to go to one or the other i suppose um and it looks like they have been investing in you know um some experiences for younger children and they did actually make some money uh last year from what i understand you know they didn't make a loss they made some money yeah but i, I just don't know what's going to happen with the ultimate i don't, don't know how it fits in and i have a feeling that i have this sick feeling that we're going to start seeing pictures of bits of the ultimate on the floor um, yeah. at some I, point I'm now uh, I, I think I've lost my chance to ever ride it, I don't think it's going to open it's going yeah. to cost them a bomb uh, if you, like you say, they're, they're a park that have kind of struggled financially slightly although it's great that they managed to turn a profit but that, you know that's what they need to do to, to carry on isn't it um, so and something like the ultimate if they're going for a different market anyway that's a that's an intense big coaster that's just going to cost them loads of money um cost them money to run it um they would potentially just look be looking at that and thinking it's just going to cost us more and more money um so yeah i think they got i think it's gone really uh, unfortunately it has seemed to be replaced by this stupid looking dinosaur um which I, again I, you can see what they're trying to do if they're trying to go with the younger market it's good to have a a mascot. It has just kind of just been thrown in there. Um, no sort of thought process on how what's happened, and, and the logo's pretty. But uh, well, 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 you Brett, you're 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 a logo extraordinary designer extraordinaire. Would you have done so many different things differently with this logo? 
logo designer extraordinaire. I'll take that. That's going on my CV for now. Do it, man. That you got some quality stuff. I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, it's incredibly cartoony. It's a little bit nineties. Is kind of how it feels. Um, but it, if that's the way they're going, then that that's fine. I think it's because you know we're so used to just seeing that logo. I I had the same issue. We talked about the Alton Towers Scarefest logo recently. I'm not a fan of that either. Um, it looks as if they just plonked Scarefest and some bats and a random pumpkin on it. Whereas in the previous logo, it looked as if it was a bit more integrated into the logo. Um, so, it, you know, I think everyone has their opinions on what's good and bad for things like that. But the the dragon is just out of nowhere. Um, I at first thought maybe there's some sort of uh, local myth or legend that that would be you know relevant you know if, if there was if all of a sudden oakwood came out that their mascot was a red dragon you'd be like well yeah that that makes sense but is there is there any purple dragons in yorkshire not that i know of well i mean i pretty much live in north yorkshire and no i don't <laughs> i don't think so um i don't know what I don't know what you, I don't know what mascot you would have in Yorkshire, other than like a a whippet maybe. Um, yeah. A whippet, <laughs> Whitewater Valley whippet. Yeah, Willie the whippet. In fairness, don't oh, don't get me wrong. We, we I've been a little bit over mean here. I, they can have anything as their mascot. I mean, blooming Haven holiday sites have the, the tiger and a blooming hippo and a what whatever they have and. So, yeah, I mean, a mascot could be a mascot. I, I just feel that it was a little bit too plonked on. Um, it's If they pull through with it and change all their signage, all their um, POS, all their um, colours and stuff at the park, then it will make sense if they go for the whole same purple design. It, it might actually make the park look more cohesive and fa- more um, towards that family-friendly market. Um it's just a little bit. It just seemed a bit odd, odd, like an out of the blue. Like, what? The, who the hell is this guy? Who are you? Introduce yourself. Tell us more about you. And we've got I, nothing of that yet. I don't know if I'd compare it to the the Tiger Club because I mean I think the Tiger Club's pretty awesome to be honest. Oh, I still know the dances. They, yeah, the Tiger Club. You're in the Tiger Club. Um, I don't think his although... point was whether it was a tiger or not. It was more the fact that there isn't tigers in every Haven Park as a natural thing that just exists. How do, how do you know, Brett? Have you been to every Haven Park and discovered whether there's tigers or not? There, there might be. You, you don't know? want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did spend eight nights at Flamingo Land. <laughs> yes, and so... I can and I can confirm there are flamingos there. So yeah, there so, are flamingos. Yeah. Ah, I uh, see you play knifey spoony before. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on again. Before we talk about the relevance of purple dragons in Yorkshire anymore, this weekend just gone was the officially the opening of theme parks in the UK, um, which is great. Blackpool opening weekend is always a big get-together for theme park enthusiasts, except for me and Ryan, who did not go. However, we have one guest host here today that was mildly sober for most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was that, then? 
It, uh, no, that was me. Right. Oh, are you still drunk Mildly. and don't remember? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, no. I'm in fairness. I'm quite good, even when I'm really, really, really drunk. I've got, I've got a great memory. So, if anyone's out on a drunken night out with me and think, ah, oh, it's all right, he won't remember in the morning, I always remember. That's, um, that's so, worrying. Yeah, okay. it is. So, yeah, that's um, scary. I remember all. Um, it was great. You know what? I mean, let. Uh, Putting the whole opening weekend buzz uh, aside, um, the, the hype is there because it's cool, it's fun. Uh, lots of friend groups get to meet up again. You get to see friends that you only get to ever see at parks or maybe once a year, and you get to make new friends. And I, um, re- I'm relatively new to opening weekend. I think for me and um, me and Brett, Scarecon is like our equivalent, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and nothing will replace that. Um, but uh, you know, the last few years or so, just before COVID, um, it's it's great. It's good to integrate with all the different theme park nerds, just like us. And uh, and yeah, so it was all great. A, a drama-free weekend, and everyone's just happy. It's great. Um, the park-wise, um, now we we knew there would be a slightly reduced lot ride lineup. Um, the big one is closed because they're still waiting on track. Uh, I think uh, Brett bought it all. Um, we've bit. also <laughs> we've uh, also got Grand National having a little bit of retracking as well, so that was closed. Um, and there were a couple of other um, other things closed as well. Obviously, Valhalla is still closed, so that's big. Three big draws there so if you were just a general member of the public or if you only ever get to go to blackpool maybe about once a year you might be slightly disappointed in the ride lineup um purely because that's three big rides gone uh but overall everything else was running really quite well it was quite busy on the saturday but steady on the sunday um although their food and beverage offering is still absolutely completely diabolical um and it took us 40 minutes to even have our drinks didn't even come to us after 40 minutes in coasters it was that bad we were thinking like 40 minutes i know it's a little bit busy but what's going on here they hadn't even put them through the till so food and drink wise still as terrible as always uh but um the overall park is looking good. The staff are doing great. I know it's day one, so you you got to go easy on people a little bit. But um, everything was great, really, other than the food. Yeah, the the question is this year as well. Um, do they still have the heat lamps above uh, infusion to warm the, the wheels, or they're not doing that anymore? Because when I used to always go on opening day, they used to have that working, and then they'd never have it working at any other time during the year. So in did fairness, you see the heat lamps? Um, because I haven't booked in my next chiropractor appointment, I didn't go on infusion. Um, <laughs> I know it is bad, to be fair. And in, fa- and in fairness as well, which is why I think, like I say, if I wasn't bothered that Big One and, and Nash and whatever wasn't open because I, I got, I've got an annual pass, I'll go in a few months' time and whatnot. Um, but opening weekend is more about the social side of things having a drink meeting up with people so i didn't actually do loads of rides uh, i did icon a few times a few dark rides um but um yeah i did i did skip infusion i'm afraid yeah and on the night 
of the, I think it was Friday, the Theme Park Loopy Twitter account kind of became like a kind of matchmaking account because I was on there. And I had quite a few people who um, who I follow and they follow us as well. And uh, they were saying, oh, I'm in the Velvet Coaster, but I, I didn't speak to anyone. And there was a few people. So I was tweeting them and going, right, this person wants to meet with this person. <laughs> I was running like a kind of matchmaking service. So maybe there's theme a bit of a gap Tinder. in the market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's almost. Nice. I mean, I mean, we we normally try and go an opening weekend, but um, I I don't normally get involved in the the Velvet Coaster antics. And if usually I'll actually go on the second day, I'll go on the Sunday or something. That's what I did. I think uh, the year before I didn't go on opening day last year. So I'm a I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of an antisocial kind of person so you know i'm glad you had a good time and i did send you a drink to your table but it never arrived but yeah I'm, bless uh, you. You, know. <laughs> you did you, you sent me a drink but it, it was at a point where spoons were getting a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of people um i don't know why it happens every year um they they know it's opening weekend they know they kind of get um a 300 nerds come trying to squeeze into the first floor bar but um yeah they were getting a little bit uh overwhelmed so in fairness they didn't get a chance to bring over my beer which is unfortunate but thank i do appreciate the uh the jester nonetheless jester gesture nonetheless <laughs> so one of the things uh i actually heard whilst i was at the park two days before we opening weekend picking up the the piece of big one track um i uh was talking to a guy from retail that was helping me sort out the track and bless him, he got the engineers to move it and everything to uh, the car park by the Globe. And uh, whilst talking to him, he did mention, uh, and I I hope I'm okay to say this, um, that there is and will be lots of new Valhalla merch this year, obviously with it opening at some point this year. but he has said that some of it is absolutely stunning, and mm. that has got me a little bit excited. Um, and rumblings of a new shop, maybe? Yeah, potentially. Maybe. I think so. Um, I know this has now been confirmed, but uh, whilst I was there, they were currently they were sandblasting the old boats, which does mean that they they will be using the old boats on Valhalla. Uh, which means your feet are going to get really wet, probably. I'm slightly concerned that they're using the same boat, so I guess it's to be seen uh, whether they've got drainage or not. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, or like... just, or just the big Hoover again, maybe. Yeah, just a bigger Hoover. I guess they've that this all Hoover. of the uh, all of the budget for the reimagining just went into a bigger Hoover. A bigger Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping it's not as it felt like some parts of the the trough or the mixture of the trough with a boat just felt not quite right and like sometimes you are literally inches away from the boat gonna capsize and and i've seen pictures of boats with like completely sunk and people have had to get out you know so um yeah i'm hoping there's some upgrades there because there's been times on that where you do like if you've got two big people on the left and two small people on the right you're close to going in well fingers crossed that doesn't happen and we'll make sure that we are spread out evenly next time we go on it just in case well that brings us to the end of our kind of news segment that we do here at theme park loopy thank you very much guys for joining me um 
do you guys want to give yourselves a little shout out uh ryan yep it's the podcast that you're listening to oh yeah this one oh this one right here (laughs) uh yes so you'll be able to find us on all of the uh regular things that you listen to your podcasts on uh if you are listening to us leave us a review uh make sure you give us a bit of a share around as well we do try to keep up to date with some of the regular news and do these slightly shorter however not so short episodes with all the news in uh, but we have been joined again by the amazing mikey from scare track Oh, I'll take that. Amazing. Thank you for the adjective. Spooktacular, Ooh. Mikey. Okay. <laughs> um, Malev- malevolent. This is why oh, he's like the boss. This. I like this. Um, uh, yeah, I've been back again. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Sam's shoes are very big to fill, but I'm doing my best. But if you uh, like listening to my monotone voice, you can listen to it more at scaretrack.co.uk, uh, where you find all the links to our podcast, Scarecam, Behind the Screams, um, coaster track all the stuff that we do all that jazz that's great thank you very much and thank you for listening guys enjoy the rest of your day